Sleep is an experience that is ineffable. It's another kind of consciousness that is just as important. However, we live in a world that has largely forgotten what true rest is. There is so much more activity in the modern world. One of the most profound changes in human life over the last few thousand years is that we've moved indoors and the artificial light we have today is very poor quality compared to natural light. We are also significantly exposed to light at night. We are going further away from a natural circadian rhythm, our body's internal 24-hour biological clock that regulates our hormone levels, body temperature and digestion. All of this has meant that there are an increasing number of people with sleep disorders, such as insomnia. We need to fall back in love with sleep. Welcome to The Practice of Health with me, Charlie Tunmore, where I share my honest journey to become a health coach and I empower you to take ownership of your own health. I explore all areas of holistic health, nutrition, movement, sleep, thinking, hydration, breathing and much more. I am currently studying the Institute for Integrated Nutrition Health Coach Programme. I manage a yoga studio in London and I'm a jiu-jitsu purple belt. Hi everyone, thank you for listening to this episode all about sleep. Something that I've been experimenting with recently is when I first wake up in the morning, instead of racing out of bed, I spend a few minutes trying to remember the dreams I had from my sleep. Through this process, I found that I can remember more of my dreams and I'm more able to go back into the same dreams in the later sleep. On this week's episode, it is an honour to have Brandy Mullenberg. That's M-U-I-L-E-N-B-U-R-G. Brandy is a health coach, author and host of the Functionally Autoimmune podcast. She will be sharing her experiences of how she's improved her sleep over the years. This is episode 14, Sleep. On the Institute for Integrated Nutrition program this week, I learn about how quality and quantity of sleep can impact health. I also research steps to improve sleep, the effects of caffeine consumption on health, and the symptoms of adrenal fatigue. Improving your sleep is probably one of the most important things you can do for your health. It has a direct impact on the physical, mental, emotional performance, and it's one of the first things I ask about as a health coach. Now, there are many critical activities that occur during sleep. When we dream, the brain digests and assimilates information. That's how we learn. Our internal organs rest and recover, and hormones that help regulate appetite control, stress, growth metabolism and other bodily functions are released. You're going to be far more productive getting a full night's sleep rather than just sleeping for four hours if you think that it will give you more time in the day to do other things. Everyone needs quality sleep so that you feel refreshed when you wake up, but the number of hours adults need will vary between seven to nine. I personally feel great if I have seven hours, 30 minutes sleep a night. One sleep cycle is 90 minutes long, 
So I usually get five sleep cycles a night. There is a very strong relationship between sleep and increased risk of chronic diseases such as obesity. When you have poor sleep, ghrelin, the hormone that stimulates your appetite, increases. Also, you develop leptin resistance. This is the hormone that tells your brain when you're full. Basically, you eat more than you usually would and the quality of food that you eat is often poor. We get most of our deep sleep in the first third of the night and we get most of our dream sleep in the latter third of the night. This is driven by melatonin. This hormone also tells your body when it's time to sleep. Most people who don't get a good sleep wake up in the middle or towards the end of the night and don't go back to sleep. Most of what we consider sleep loss in our world is actually dream loss. When we see deficits in dreaming over a long period of time, we see memory loss, which can lead to Alzheimer's and other forms of dementia. Also, insomnia is an early symptom of depression. Many medications suppress dreaming, like antidepressants, sleeping pills that contain Benadryl and alcohol. It may seem like alcohol helps you fall asleep quicker, but your sleep quality will be impacted. If you are drinking alcohol, allow some time before you sleep where you are only drinking water. The great thing about sleep is that it's one of the free medicine practices that I coach people with. What I mean by this is sleep is free to do and there are a lot of things you can do to improve your sleep that are either no cost or little cost. So first of all, get outside in the morning to kickstart your circadian rhythm and wake you up so that your body will be ready for sleep when it gets to the evening. We need time to relax and wind down before going to bed, rather than going straight from work or watching TV, especially if you have a history of trouble falling asleep. The artificial blue light from electronics affects your melatonin levels and so will have a negative impact on your sleep. Having a regular evening routine can help. An hour before going to bed, turn off all electronics and either read, journal, meditate or talk to loved ones or an hour and a half before bed, have an Epsom salt bath as the magnesium in the salt help you to relax. It is important to make your bedroom a place for sleep. So clean out the clutter, introduce some house plants, get some fresh air in, reduce exposure to light and sound and make it a cool environment. I think everyone has had the experience of trying to sleep in a hot room and how difficult it is. Exercising during the day, but not too close to bed, can also help you to fall asleep by creating more hormones that help you get to sleep. Eating artificial sugar-filled food puts extra stress on your body and interferes with the quality of sleep. A heavy meal before sleep can interrupt it as well as your body is still digesting the food. So if you do eat a large meal before going to bed, make sure to go for a short walk afterwards to help the food digest. If we focus on eating whole nutrient-dense food, such as oily fish, omega-3 and vitamin D in it, we can maintain our energy levels so that we're not relying on stimulants to keep us active. Avoid late night beverages as it may lead you to wake up in the night to go for a pee. Interestingly, I found out recently that for many people, chamomile is a mild diuretic. So if you wake up in the night needing to pee and you drink the tea in the evening, cut it out and see how you feel. If you are sensitive to gluten and still eat gluten, you often experience fatigue during the day, which makes it harder to be active, and so it can be more difficult to sleep at night. I recorded a whole episode on gluten, 
number 12, the podcast, if you want to learn more. Reduce your busy brain at night by keeping a journal and pen near your bed to write down anything that comes to mind so that you're not carrying your emotions and thoughts into bed with you. Lastly, Andrew Wheel, that's W-E-I-L, has a great nasal breathing technique that can help you relax if you're in bed. So breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for seven seconds, and then breathe out for eight seconds and repeat. I'm now gonna move on to caffeine and the effects on your body. So a lot of us depend excessively on caffeine during the day. The drug can help increase focus, athletic performance, and alertness. The studies have shown coffee to decrease risk of type 2 diabetes and reduce inflammation. However, when too much is consumed, it can increase anxiety, sleep disturbance, digestive issues, and adrenal exhaustion. Just because you can drink a cup of coffee after dinner and fall asleep doesn't mean that it is not interfering with your sleep quality. Be careful of having caffeine in the afternoon and evening as it will most likely affect your sleep. Even 30 grams of dark chocolate has about 60 milligrams of caffeine in it and some medication has caffeine in it too. Different people have different capacities to assimilate caffeine. It is very bio-individual as to how long it takes your body to metabolize coffee. But for a lot of people, any more than 300 milligrams of caffeine a day which is roughly two to three cups of coffee, depending on how you make it, will start to create negative effects. If you are looking to reduce the amount of coffee you drink, like anything addictive, do it slowly. Decrease the quantity of cups of coffee and switch to either green tea, mushroom tea, or herba matter tea. Often it is the ritual in the morning and having something warm in the belly that is missing. And at the same time, increase the quality of coffee you're drinking. A lot of shop-bought coffee is laden with mycotoxins and pesticides. This decreases the health benefits of coffee and increases the likelihood of anxiety and digestive issues. So choose organic coffee beans, keep them stored in an airtight container away from the light and ground the beans just before you make the coffee. Brandy is now going to speak about her experiences with sleep. Sleep health is something that's near and dear to me. The reality is that about 90% of people who suffer from an autoimmune condition also suffer from some type of sleep disorder, whether that just be insomnia, sleep apnea, or anything in between that. And so with that, a lot of people are seeing a lot of symptoms that really alleviate from their inability to get a good night's rest because when we're sleeping that really is our body's time to regenerate and heal and you know fix the damage that we created through the throughout the day and so when we don't have that time our body really suffers a lot and I know a lot about this because I also have suffered from a lot of different sleeping issues um, throughout my life and I've come through a different a few different ways to kind of alleviate that. And what I've found that works the best for me is 
really the biggest thing is structure. And so, you know, I used to always hear, oh, well, if you go to bed at the, the same time every day and then you wake up at the same time, then your body's the happiest. And, you know, and, and there's something to that because really our circadian rhythms are really set to our own specific bodies. And really there's no one sleeping style for every person. And that's important too. So a lot of times you'll hear people say, oh, we'll go to bed between eight and 10 o'clock at night. Well, that may not be the exact time for everyone. So you really have to find what is the best time for you? When are you the most tired? When does your body seem to say, I want to go to sleep? Now, normally during the weekdays or given your employ employment and however that works, you usually have to wake up at a certain amount of time to get to your job. And so, you know, for me, if I'm working Monday through Friday and I have to get up at say six o'clock every day, then I just know that six o'clock is the time that I'm gonna wake up. And so I kind of played with the time that I went to bed. So I knew when my body was tired and I went to bed at that time and I woke up at six o'clock. Well, if I still felt really tired or I had trouble sleeping, well then the next night I would move my going to bedtime back a little bit, or I guess earlier <laughs> a little bit, um, just to see if that extra maybe half hour to an hour really made a difference. And finding that exact sleep cycle for myself made such a huge difference in my ability to go to sleep, stay asleep, and feel rested when I woke up. Another great tool to use to figure that out is if you go to sleepdoctor.com and there's actually a sleep quiz. And it's a really great tool because it categorizes people in different animals. <laughs> okay, so like there's a bear, a dolphin, um, a fox, I can't remember off the top of my head all of them, but it categorizes you into these animals. And it's really great because once you take the quiz and you get yourself categorized in into whatever category you are, I found that it was almost to the T exactly explained how I felt during the day, the moments that I got tired, like in the afternoon, all of those kinds of things. It just kind of breaks that down. And I felt like it really fit exactly how I felt. And I followed a little bit of those instructions too, which were, you know, it really kind of broke down like you're, you're tiredest at these times of the day. And so if you eat your meal, like your lunch meal right before that, then it gives you a little boost of energy to get past that, um, that lull in your day. So for me, that was like, you know, one to two o'clock is kind of when I start getting really tired. And so I found that if I ate a little bit later, um, it helped me through that. And so there's a lot of little tools like that out there that can help you find your exact rhythm. And I think that there's a lot to that. The other thing too, though, is if you have underlying conditions like your gut health is out of whack or you know your autoimmune condition is not being managed correctly, all of those kinds of things can really affect your sleep. And so it's really important to work with a great doctor, um, find a wonderful functional medicine practitioner or someone like that that can help you get those things in check. Because when you get those things in check, then that also will help you sleep better because you're not waking up with you know, indigestion or pain or, you know, whatever it might be that you're having issues with that are keeping you awake. So if you can get those things in check as well. But really, I think the number one key is finding out your own specific rhythm, keeping to that schedule and finding what works for you because there's not one set sleep schedule for everyone. And really limiting screen time before you go to bed is huge. And if you can't do that or you just find that you sleep better after watching TV or you have to work late into the night, definitely invest in some blue light blocking glasses. They make a huge difference. So those are just the tools that I've used that have worked for me and I find that I sleep 
a thousand times better these days. So, you know, I would try out any of those tools and see if any of them work for you. Thank you, Brandy, for sharing your story. I have put a link to the sleep quiz in the show notes. Once again, you can connect with Brandy on Instagram at Brandy Mullenberg. That's M-U-I-L-E-N-B-U-R-G. And you can also listen to Brandy's podcast, Functionally Autoimmune, on all podcast platforms. My health practice for you are firstly, if you are struggling with sleep, it is important to keep a sleep diary in order to look for patterns between your daily activities, food intake, energy levels, sleep quality and sleep quantity to find out what works and what doesn't. Secondly, we aren't always going to get a good night's sleep, so a 20 to 30 minute power nap during the day can be used to increase your energy and cognitive functions. Click on the resource in the show notes for advice I have put together about art and napping. Thirdly, to reduce my addiction to coffee and the negative effects that can come with drinking coffee every day, I like to stop drinking it for one week every two months and switch to either decaf or herbal teas. If you drink coffee most days, I would suggest trying this out as well. If you have any questions or if you want to know more about my health coaching, you can contact me at charlietunmore.com at gmail.com that's t-u-n-m-o-r-e i am not a doctor so please do not substitute this information for medical advice thank you for listening please share this podcast with friends and family to empower them to take ownership over their health health is a practice not an idea